Welcome to another episode of Esoteric the Podcast. I'm Aaron Christian. And I'm not Aaron Christian. And we are your hosts. And this is our show. Hey, check us out on esotericofthepodcast.com, where we've got links to all our various social media and the various uh, platforms that you can listen to us on. Yes, and blog posts of all of our episodes and much more content. So check it out. Links to relevant content. Links to relevant content. When we name drop stuff, we'll put links on there, leading yes. you to that source online. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so that's us. Uh, bottom line, check out our website, esotericofthepodcast.com. So can we make a little confession to our uh, listeners tonight? I suppose. Um, being thrifty, we're recording two episodes back-to-back tonight, which uh, you will experience weeks apart or a week apart. So we have this little tradition of tasting an esoteric beverage, but I only got two bottles tonight, so we don't have another beverage to try for this Mm. episode. Um, Although I will be continuing to sip my strawberry lemonade from episode seven. And I I do have a swig left of mine, and there's a word that I really like. Swig? (laughs) Swig. My two favorite drinking words are swig and quaff. 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 Please define quaff. Like when you just quaff something down. Oh, like oh, oh, like the noise that you make. You just like. I, I, it might be automatopoeia. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. But it's definitely like, like just opening your throat and, and taking down a mass amount of something. <laughs> Quaffing a beverage. Uh, I'm not sure how to spell quaff. Quaff? How do you spell quaff? Quiff? No. Quaffed. <laughs> quaff. Past tense. Uh, drink. Something, especially an alcoholic drink. Hardly. To drink it heartily. <laughs> I think I've lost Aaron. <laughs> so you mean you hardly drink something? <laughs> yes. I hardly... <laughs> He quaffed pint after pint of good Berkshire ale. There's also guzzle, slurp, attack, down, swallow. Um, Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) But we only have one beverage with us that was for the previous episode, so... So I did also purchase a snack cake because I was a little bit hungry. It was a two-pack of Twinkies and there's one left. <laughs> um, might as well fill the hole, right? Yeah. So it's not really esoteric, but if you recall, if people recall, a number of years ago, Hostess went chapter mm-hmm. nine, seven. I think chapter seven. That's chapter liquidation. Yeah. Liquidation. So they went chapter seven, which was the end of Twinkies, which is a tragic thing. Now, for like three months. Well, see, this is the thing. I, I think it was kind of a new Coke situation. Um. They went Chapter 7, they liquidated, it was the end of Twinkies, everybody was upset, and then they got bought out or picked up by another company that brought back the Twinkie. And the new Twinkies that came out were slightly smaller and definitely more expensive. So let me fact check you a little bit. Yeah. They made, there was a, they made a new company. They made a new they company. a new hostess that could make that. A new host of hostess. If you feel that that's the way. Because <laughs> hostess went under, but they made a new company. And they, yeah, so they still call it Hostess. 
Yeah. Hostess is still a company. It's like weird. It's bizarre. I actually find it fascinating from a business perspective what they did yeah. to keep that around because so many people are upset about it. Long story short, though, uh, I might have, but I don't remember if I've had a Twinkie since since then. So I have my knife, my trusty pocket knife. Yeah. I'm going to bifurcate this Twinkie. I'm going to change you're it. You're not going to bifurcate it laterally. No. Um, longitudinally. Because <laughs> that would be too difficult. So basically, I'm going to transform this Twinkie from a calzone into a taco? No, quiche. Ooh, quiche. Yes, you're right. So because I use this knife at work and I cut a lot of weird stuff with it, I am going to attempt to split the Twinkie through the plastic. Okay. Without severing the plastic in roughly the middle. Oh, I think it worked. <laughs> oh, dear. All this so we can try to slice these stuff. I'll let you pick your... I'll just... He's just taking the Twinkie uh, of least resistance. Yes. All right. Mm. So, it's, yeah, it's a Twinkie. It's, it's, it's spongy. It's sponge cake with a cream filling. Mm. All right, I'm biting in. Hmm. So I want to make note of something. I want to dispel an urban legend. Okay. This Twinkie has been exposed to air mm-hmm. while we were recording the first episode. It's gone slightly stale. It has. They don't last forever, folks. They don't. There's actually a video of somebody online um, taking 10-year-old Twinkies that he happened to have. I don't know why. And they were rock hard. Everything was rock hard. So he drove them out. He petrified them. Hmm. A friend of mine once... Ray, if you're listening, he gave me this. Um, it looked like a plastic figurine of the twink of Twinkie the Kid. I didn't remember him from the ads. No, I didn't even know there was Twinkie ads, my friend. They made Twinkie into a person, and he was a cowboy, and he was Twinkie the Kid. Hmm. Small amount of information to unpack there, but anyway, so this was a plastic Twinkie the Kid, and what it was was a case to hold a Twinkie. So if you got a two-pack and you only felt like eating one, you could put the other in it and it would stay fresh. Oh, okay. I I think I have seen this before. And my thought was, who the hell has one Twinkie? Very true. I don't care what the serving size... Actually, serving size, two cakes. So a package of Twinkies is one serving. How many calories is that? Not to make me feel better about myself because I had a half a Twinkie. <laughs> well, you had a quarter serving though, so mm. uh, it is 260 calories. So 130, what's half of 130 is... One, Seven, 75. 75. Yeah. So 75 calories. Not too bad. That's not too bad. No. I just, but I don't feel satisfied. No, I kind of... What I was going to say too, um, cream doesn't feel as sweet as I remember it. Feel, uh, taste is the word I meant. And it's funny because it, it seems to me to have more of a like chemical taste to it, but it, I would hazard a guess that there are less preservatives in it than there were previously. Cause yeah. It did not stay fresh. Mm. I could eat a whole other thing of those right now. Oh, yeah. I could go to a hostess factory and eat everything they have in there. You notice how there's this whole argument with the, the right and left Twix, but nobody's gone that route with the Twinkies. Because you can buy them individually. They're not solely sold in 
two packs. Which I guess you could argue with the Twix too is also sold in packs of one. Well, they're the fun size ones. And yeah. okay, while we're talking about fun size candy, because okay. we just started talking about it, is that really fun size? They're wicked small. I feel like it's less fun. Yeah. Yeah. Because you you know like. Three Musketeers. I like a Three Musketeer bar. Sometimes I don't feel like the whole bar, but those little fun-sized ones, they leave me wanting. Hmm. It's not fun. Like, it takes me a solid four fun-sized ones to at least get, like, like to a place where I could probably stop. Yeah. I will say this about the fun-sized ones. Um, when I was going to cardiac rehab, one of the instructors there was talking to me about moderation. Hmm. He said to try an experiment... He goes, next time you have a Hershey bar, like break off a bar, you know, just one of the little rectangles, put it on your tongue and don't chew it. Just suck on it and let it melt and tell me if you feel satisfied. Son of a bitch. I save the rest of that bar for later. But if you bite it, like you just wolf the whole bar down and you're like, give yeah, me more. That's the thing. I want to bite it. Like, I don't feel like I'd feel satisfied unless I bite it. It, it's a whole different experience letting it melt in your mouth and like sort of gumming it around and like it's it's almost sexual. You really get into like you can't just casually eat it. It's like that's what you're doing right now. You're sucking on a piece of chocolate. Well, listen, folks. I want you to have a sexual experience with the Hershey bar. <laughs> so break off a little piece and suck on it for me, will you? And let us know how that goes for you. Yeah, and let us know if you feel satisfied. Are you satisfied? Or you, do you need a Snickers? Yeah. <laughs> so as we uh, begin to circle the drain, as it were, in society, flushing down the end times, uh, the stock market seems to be going a little crazy. Hmm. And uh, I have to say, I'm not really in... Good Lord... <laughs> um, really, I I don't I have two two one two one one or two shares of Hasbro stock, so I'm not much of a player. Yeah, and but, neither am I. But but I mean I'm a business student, so I have some sort of an interest into what's going on enough to be concerned. I think the coolest word I've learned in recent uh, years of my business. Education, so of the past two years I've been doing this, mm-hmm. um, is volatile because it's such a great word. Volatile is a good word. It feels feels good on the tongue. And that's exactly what the market's doing right now. It's so volatile. But I'm really happy that I've been able to find a couple penny stocks that have potential. So penny stocks are things that are like below a penny or a penny or lower. Okay. And I'm able to find a couple that... Um, I've bought a couple thousand shares of. That's impressive to say. Yeah, and it was only like five bucks. <laughs> but you That's get a couple thing. thousand shares. Yeah, but here's the thing. So I, I have shares in two companies. Okay. I have one, uh, one's MJ Biotech. They're um, a pharmaceutical company that offers insulin and a um, bunch of the, these other drugs. And they offer opportunities for development of new products. So uh, like, you know, things that have proof of concept that they can actually sell. Mm-hmm. And... One of the things they were looking into doing is getting like CBD coffee powder. So like, like basically it's just CBD coffee or coffee creamer that goes in the creamer okay. the powder. So I thought that was interesting. They merged with another company and that's part of the reason why I invested them. I thought this, the stock was going to take off. The other one was called Seafarer Exploration. So they're a, um, they're a company that's in the business of um, 
as it says on the website, archaeologically sensitive exploration, documentation, research, and recovery of historic shipwrecks with the objective of exploring and discovering colonial-era shipwrecks for future generations to be able to appreciate and understand. So yeah. they're trying to use newer technology to uncover these shipwrecks. So they're both relatively small stocks that you can buy a lot of, and I think have a lot of potential. So that's kind of why I bought them, hoping they take off. Michael James Enterprises, with the MJ Biotech one, like, I bought that one, I bought 2,000 shares of that one, and I lost 96.16% of my $5. Wow. Yeah. It's, um, it's worth 19 cents, I think. 38 cents. I've made 19 cents today on it. Don't spend that all in one place. No. But then the the other one, I I was up like $2 the other day, and now I'm down 48 cents. So I don't know. It's it's all over the place, especially with coronavirus being a thing. It's all over the place. So speaking of, there's some breaking news happening right now. Is there? And I realize that this podcast is going to come out in two weeks, so it won't be breaking then, but I need to interrupt. Mm-hmm. How about this? So people have been complaining, uh, mostly at me today, mm-hmm. uh, about us canceling a parade in town. Fucking Tom Hanks has coronavirus. Really? He does. He's tested positive. He's released a statement. Hmm. The man's a national treasure. And his wife, Rita Wilson, also. But even more, President Trump just suspended all travel from Europe for the next 30 days. Wow. Holy shit. Like, even an hour ago, we were kind of joking about the end of the world. We've just suspended all travel from Europe for the next 30 days. So. So no wonder why the market's (laughs) fucked up. Hang on to that 19 cents, man. You might need it to buy toilet paper. I know. Oh, my God. Mm. Not Tom Hanks. Forrest Gump can't run any with coronavirus. Run, Forrest Gump. Um, so I wanted to go on a rant about extra letters, but I feel like it's such an insignificant argument now, more so <laughs> than it was five minutes ago. Hmm. Um, but before uh, we get into our, our, our podcast, um, since I'm dating ourselves back here to the recording date, I want to mention a few things about March 25th. Because mm-hmm. there's a good possibility that we might not be around to see it. So. Oh, don't, please don't say that. <laughs> so did you know, for instance, that March 25th is the International Day of Remembrance of the Victims of Slavery and the Transatlantic Slave Trade? Not all slaves, mind you. So I'm going to be honest with you. I'm reading Tom Hanks's thing, yeah. and as I was reading that, all I heard was slaves. <laughs> Um, repeat that? Um, today, March 25th, yes. is International Day of Remembrance of the Victims of Slavery and the Transatlantic Slave Trade. Hmm. It's also the International Day of Solidarity with Detained and Missing Staff Members of the United Nations. Hmm. I don't think I would want to be a staff member of the United Nations if there was a holiday of solidarity for missing and detained staff members. Yeah. Because how do you celebrate that? Woohoo! Woo, Aaron, I'm with you in spirit. I know, Hope right? Hope you get out. Soon. Solidarity. 
it's also Maryland Day, so... Hey, MD. Woo! Happy Maryland Day to Maryland. Yeah, um, if we have any uh, Marylanders on our... Well, a shout out to the designer of our Esoteric, uh, the podcast logo. Ah. My sister-in-law, Erin, uh, does live in Maryland. Ah. Happy Maryland Day to you, Erin. Happy Maryland Day, sis. It's also Medal of Honor Day. Because not only do you celebrate getting a Medal of Honor, you celebrate a day for the Medal of Honor. When's Eagle Scout Day? Struggle for Human Rights Day in Slovakia. And it's Tolkien Reading Day. So after you listen to our podcast, why don't you sit down and read The Lord of the Rings? Hmm. I can sum up the entire um, Lord of the Rings trilogy in like three seconds. Go for it. Hobbit takes ring. Hobbit walks to mortar. Hobbit drops ring and fire. The end. <laughs> ah, slow clap would have been way better for that. It's also Waffle Day in Sweden, so happy Waffle uh. Day. <laughs> and that's a... Uh, wow. Um, that's pretty much what I get. Any good birthdays? Um, strolling through a list of birthdays here, and uh, nobody's jumping out at me. Nobody's jumping out. No. So some people need to be born on March 25th, then. Well, a whole bunch of people were born, but um, these names mean nothing to me. Um, nope. Okay, so that's March 25th. Happy March 25th, everybody. What, 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 what? Oh, was I not looking at birthdays? Maybe I was well, looking at deaths. <laughs> it's the opposite of birthdays. Oh, Jeff Healy, the blind Canadian singer, songwriter, and guitarist. He died in 2008. Oh, no, that guy. I don't even know who that is. You don't know who Jeff Healy is? No. Oh, my. Well, before we get onto this weird beaten path that we've uh, created, <laughs> so looking up stuff about March 25th, um... I think we should move on. Yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> probably, that's uh, probably a good idea. So tonight's album that we're getting into is um, called Bundle of Joy by Land of the Loops. This was a 1996 release by, um, as I said, Land of the Loops, which is the stage name of Alan Sutherland, a musician from Boston, Massachusetts. Uh, one of the reasons why I wanted to go over this. So this this album's out of print. Mm-hmm. Um, when I looked up Land of the Loops online, everything seems to indicate that Alan is still currently recording. But I can't find any work after 2007 and no links to anything current or contact information for him. So he may not be active anymore. Um Bundle of Joy did um, enjoy some popularity when it was out. Uh, it was it got a lot of radio play on, Duffy, on WFNX, which was the alternative station during the 90s. Uh, the first song on the album, I believe, is was used in uh, an episode of The Sopranos. Hmm. No kidding. And the song Multifamily Garage Sale was licensed by Miller Genuine Draft for a beer commercial. So they did get some play, um, but then quickly sort of faded out. One of the reasons um, I wanted us to, to listen to it 
electronica, EDM in general, is really not my jam. Uh, but there's something about this album that I, I can't really put my finger on it, what I enjoy. But I like, I enjoy this album. I still listen to it on occasion. Mm-hmm. So maybe you could help me figure out why I like it. I'm, I'm down to do that. I like the album cover. I say that a lot of the... No, never mind. I don't say that a lot. Um, <laughs> I was thinking of, I think, a couple episodes ago when we had the Huckleberry Soda. Mm-hmm. And it had the dragon go on it. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah but yeah. I... I like the uh, the album cover of this. It's it's a nice cartoon. It looks like just squashing a bug. Yeah, it's a Simpson esque Futurama esque kind of drawing. Gotcha. And you know yeah. what? Honestly, that might be one of the things I enjoy about it. There's sort of a uh, almost a sci fi vibe. Yeah. To the, the music yeah. and the samples. Oh, um, I don't know the music, but <laughs> <laughs> so let's uh, let's dive in. Uh, the first track is called Welcome. For a three-minute song, there's a lot of different things going on there. Yeah, and I, it's got a nice hip-hop vibe. Um, it's like the '80s kind of hip-hop, mm-hmm. you know, like the really uh, uh, Run DMC kind of. Like I mean, there's no rapping going on. It's just that the beat. Yeah. The um, same with when, well, like when you think of EMD, like this is. It's not the earliest example of electronic um, dance music, but uh, this is early. All right, so again, I'm not a musician, and I'm not mm-hmm. technically inclined when it comes to mixing and stuff, but one of the things that fascinates me about this um, is all these samples are done on tape. So he's manipulating oh. an actual reel-to-reel as opposed to digital samples. She's like taping this shit together. Yeah, so <laughs> I, I would presume that's a much more, like, hands-on involved Yeah, process. it seems a lot, uh, you have to really molest the tape. I, fascinating I I don't know just based off this I can tell you that if I was technically inclined like if that was something I knew how to do I would probably spend all day sitting in my basement making albums of um, samples so the world's probably a better place <laughs> so, uh, so uh, track number two uh, it's called Sound System and here we go I'm loving that horse neigh. Oh, I love the... It just goes straight from the record scratch into it. Like, it's a seamless transition. Yeah. And I'm guessing, like, at least that's a... So it's called Sound System. Um, Mm. I'm I'm guessing he had, like, some hip-hop albums lying around. Yeah. And then he's sampling some stuff from movies, and then there sounded like there was some orgasmic breathing and a horse neighing. Okay. What was that called again? Sound system. Sound system. Well, sound system. I I wonder if you listen to it on a sound system, would it be way more intense? <gasps> I just thought of a future episode. Story <laughs> for a different day. Uh, this next track uh, is I I love this song, and this is the one that actually was used in a Miller commercial. So this may be familiar to people. 
uh, multifamily garage sale. Here we go. Brave little toaster. Brave little toaster. Um, I feel like I've heard the baseline before. So I know that, um, and and again, I'm kind of disappointed because I really only meaty information I've found on this guy was the the Wikipedia entry, and I try to avoid uh, going to Wiki for all the information. He actually had, um, let's see, he had some guest musicians on the album. So there's a Heather Lewis, who's at least doing some of the vocals. And I thought she was in on that song. But I don't know. I, I don't know where I'm going with that. So that's why I was thinking yeah. maybe you recognize that line like mm-hmm. that. Yeah, I don't know. That might actually come from somewhere. Catchy tune. Very catchy. I'll have to look up the Miller Lite commercial. See if I remember it. Yeah, that, so that would have been probably 96, 97. Mm. Uh, I've never been a big fan of Miller. so. All right, so track four is Growing Concern. Yeah, let's take a listen to that. And somewhat nervously rang the buzzer. That was, uh, good Lord. <laughs> I It's right in front of me. Growing concern. Yeah. Oh, excuse me. I do notice that there's kind of some similarity. I mean, I, we just discovered off mic that there was a bass player, Lady Mallard, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like that there's a live musician in the room. I can definitely feel this. It's it's a basic style of bass playing, but it does its job, and that's really what matters. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're they're similar. They're not bad at all. That's all I have to say about that. And and the the, the samples seem whimsical. 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 Ah. Whimsical. Did he? I, you know, Word I, of the day. I so, I sort of want to look up and see if there's like a a, a mental condition. <laughs> The deterioration of being able to pronounce words because I'm, I'm having more and more trouble as the days grow. I mean, on. like dyslexia, of pronunciation. Oh, yeah, my brain. Um, I dare say I talk enough, so it's not that I'm out of practice talking. <laughs> uh, so anyway, uh, the next track, number five, uh, "Day Late and a Dollar Short." I hope I've landed on my feet this time. Lick my aura. That's the refrain. Yes. I uh, am a fan of throat singing. Mm. Not that I wasn't before. Um, I've always found it fascinating, but I don't know. That kept the tone for the whole song. Yeah, and it was interesting to hear that sampled. Uh, There was a brief period in the mid-90s. 
about when uh, this album came out that uh, I'm sure I'm mispronouncing this. The Gyodo Monks, uh, they're from Tibet. They had like a bunch of albums come out and it was all that um, throat singing. Hmm. Uh, and they would do chants. So the thing about it, actually, I on a total aside here, I remember learning. So in Tibetan Buddhism, this throat singing is popular. They use it in their meditation practice. So here's what happens. When you do that particular type of singing, um, the bones inside your sinus start vibrating at a certain resonance, and it like it fucks you up, like makes you high, it, like scrambles your brain. What? Okay. So they imagine like sitting there meditating, doing this throat singing, and making like the inside of your skull reverberate, and what, like, you're trying to find enlightenment, like you, you trans. Forming your mind. I think that's pretty cool. Well, you just transformed my mind. Did it blow your mind? You well, did. Maybe not blow it, but it, it you uh, you you tickled it. You tickled it. <laughs> you gave it a little little tickle. So this next song is "I Dream of Ghosts." Ooh. Ooh. I confess that that track was a little trancy. Trancy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean. Oh my gosh! Excuse me. We were um, listening to it, and it was a lot of the same. So we started to scrub a little, and it was a lot of the same. Yeah. I also remember in 1996. I think I was smoking a lot of weed. Probably. <laughs> but I, I mean, doesn't I'm enjoying this now too? Yeah, and I don't now. So, uh, our next track is "Help for Your Aching Back." Okay, I could I could use some of that. Me too. So another kind of trancey track, uh, ending with some sort of whimsical uh, sample from a movie or a cartoon. Whimsical with a capital H. Yeah. Yes. I like that. I really wish, so I know, I'm trying to think back now, whether it was Beastie Boys or actually it might have been the Cypress Hill album, that in the liner notes they actually listed all their samples. See, I like that. Yeah, I would like that too because I'm sort of fascinated as to what... There are a few I recognize here and there, but most of the stuff uh, I don't. I don't know. Hmm. So uh, let's check out track number nine, Burning Clutch, in parentheses, five-speed dub. Question for you, Aaron. Answer for you, Chris. Have you ever driven a standard? No, I've always wanted to try driving a standard. 
I did for a while. I actually owned a standard. I had a Saturn um, four-door mm. sedan. It was a standard. Loved it. Actually preferred it over driving a man, uh, non-automatic. Really? But at that time, uh, I was living in... Well, I started off in Quincy, but we moved to Abington, and I was driving to Charlestown every day. Mm-hmm. And I actually wore a hole in my left shoe from standing on the clutch really? all the time because the traffic was so bad. So we gave it up. Um, I bring that up because in all my time of learning to drive a stick and driving a stick, I never once burnt the clutch. Hmm. I bucked that thing like a bucking bronco sometimes, getting used to it. Um, and I may have on a key, on once or twice ground a gear, but never burned a clutch. Well, that's a good thing. Yeah. So along the uh, automotive theme, Bo just lost my laptop. <laughs> well, the next song that I have in preparation for that such an event is uh, Cruisin' for Sentient Beings. Ooh. So uh, let's take a listen. Let's do So the waitresses. The waitresses is what that sounds like. Christmas rapping. Christmas rapping by the waitresses. They don't really rap in that song, but I get the wordplay. Yeah, and I think that's why I like the song, because it gave me kind of a nostalgic vibe, even though that song is way older than me. But um, actually, both songs are older (laughs) than me. Uh, Well, you know, so we've said in the past that this podcast is like, we're tickling our minds. I feel like a lot of what's going on in this album is it's it's tickling different memories and different sensory things. Uh, it makes me think thoughts, if if you will. Makes me think thoughts that I never would have thunk if I didn't think them. Yeah, and I like thinking them. Yes. Mm. So what's our next track? Our next uh, our next track is Mass Ave and Beyond. So we got to shout out to Boston. Yeah, B Town. We got to get up and dance for this one. We do. Well. I do have to say, Mass Ave is the exit I used to get off at every once in a while. Go driving into Boston for a specific reason I'm not going to speak to, but um, it's it's kind of a weird place. So, Mass Ave and Beyond, let's uh, dance. the gist of the song yeah well another trancy tune if you will mm. it was not really dancey no uh, yeah we're going to we'll try dancing on the next one we'll have to figure that out so <laughs> i'm like looking around what's going on so what's our next song our next song is mathematical park Ooh. so i wonder if it's math rocky at all We'll find out. We will find out. Let's do it. So I think Mathematical Park is a really fitting title for that song. 
Hmm. I, I pictured equations in the park. And I, I'm not sure if you're joking, but I, I'm dead serious. I pictured a, a, a Excel spreadsheet the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> I can see that. It was kind of trancy, too. Yeah. One thing I will say I'm not a huge fan of the album is the redundancy, mm. um, which I'm going to play Devil's Advocate in a tribute to the fact that it was made in 96 on whatever. So. That could be. That could be. Well, moving forward, hmm. we have Heidi Cakes. Heidi Cakes? Yeah. So a little shout out to uh, our favorite Heidi. Heidi. Whose last name is not Cakes. No. So uh, this one's for you, Heidi. <laughs> So Heidi Cakes. So now I want to make a Twinkie. <laughs> what? Because <laughs> cake. Because cake. I don't know. I just think of sponge cake whenever I hear the word cakes. Cake. I want to make a video of Luna to set to this music. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for those of you that <laughs> don't know, Luna is our cat at the warehouse. She's our work cat. Uh, she didn't let me down the stairs today. No, she doesn't like. Well, I think she actually likes Aaron, but she knows Aaron has fear of her, and she enjoys that. She exploits it. I love cats, despite what most people will tell you. I love cats. Um, yeah, one. I've seen you with your uh, your own cats, and yeah. So Heidi Cakes is a danceable song. Yeah. Um, what do we get next? Uh, crash landing on planet Brooklyn. Brooklyn's what? not a planet. I know. Hold on. Crash landing on planet Brooklyn. I said Brooklyn. Brooklyn. <laughs> like, you know, the New York. Yeah. Um, Brooklyn. So let's let's crash land. So again, with the redundancy thing, I, mm-hmm. it's a little irritating, but it's difficult music. Yeah. It's almost like a, a variation on themes. Like, there was a lot going on. That was a pretty jaunty song. Yeah. But, uh, the, um, and I'm sure this is intentional, the, the sampling of um, grunting, sort of off-putting. Yeah. Ugh! Uh, uh. Oh, all right, all right. No, no, because <laughs> <laughs> that was off-putting. <clears throat> Our next track is "My Head." Open parenthesis leaks. Close parenthesis. My head leaks. 
And I, I think that's fitting. Like, you know, a lot of what seems to be going on in these songs, I could see it like rattling around somebody's subconsciousness. Yeah. Their brain. So it leaks out into a song. Yes. I have a feeling most times brains leak out. It's not pretty. Yeah. You know, especially if you have a 22 and you waste yourself in the back of a Camry. Well, if you put the bullet in, if you put the gun in the back of your mouth, you sever your spinal cord, but brain would probably be intact. What if you, what if you bud wire it? Yeah, you got to get past the hard palate, so you got to get that gun pretty far back there. So, for those who don't know, I worked in funeral service for a number of years. <laughs> All these things. Fittingly so. Yes. The last track on this album is called Goodbye. Oh. Um, so maybe the head leaking and Goodbye are related. Let's see where it takes us. Let's see. Goodbye, and remember there is little one can do to prepare for the unknown. was a fitting coda to the album mm. um, I don't know if you noticed I was squirming in my seat I don't know what it is about that I, I don't even know what you call it going underwater yeah kind of sound I, yeah. I, I dig the shit out of that like, I really like that I cannot stress to you how much I like that I, I'm no expert but I think he's cutting the high end off so you're you're getting this really like twangy sound and then it's going underwater I'll call it mm-hmm. um, because you're increasing the bass in the mid range Oh, so super cool. It kind of re- so two things about that song um, reminded me of Pink Floyd. That going underwater sound because yep. I've heard that before in Floyd songs, and also sort of the silical nature of the album, where the mm-hmm. the last track has music that was in the beginning track. Well, like the wall. Yeah, a lot of Pink Floyd albums um, do that with the um, silical nature of the album cyclical cyclical um the wall especially i think dark side of the moon does it as well Mm. um oh yes yes it does yeah most of their albums i believe and i know roger waters employs it on uh his albums as well so Hmm. um and i think one of the things that i really enjoyed about now that i've sat and listened to the album trying to think about what it is that appeals to me if I'm listening to this in the car or while doing a mindless task, it takes my brain to all kinds of different places. Like my imagination just kind of runs free mm. and I, I enjoy that. It's like a soundtrack to my um, free association, Yeah, I guess. It's really nice to just kind of sit there and not think about what's going on. Because if you try to unpack it, you just mess yourself up. But if you don't, it's quite pleasant, in my opinion. Yeah. And honestly, after after the last couple of albums um, that we've reviewed, I, I don't think, and, and not to say that this music is shallow, I don't think there's any depth here. Like, yeah. I don't think there's anything to unpack. It's, right. It's just, it's music. Right. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Right. No, it's pleasant. In fact, I kind of, so I think I've alluded to this in the past at some point on the show. I'd like to take a deep dive into the residence. Um, 
I will tell a story about when I first got into the residence. Um, I, I had heard of them, but never heard anything by them. And I had no idea what they sounded like. And I picked up this album, which was a collection of B-sides and um, orphans from different albums. So it wasn't any cohesive theme throughout it. And at that time, I was going through a very difficult time. Um, I was separated, um, estranged from my first wife. I had moved out of my apartment. I was living in my sister's basement, kind of trying to put my life back together again. Um, Working where I'm working now... Um, interestingly enough. Just not with me. Yeah, talking about things being circular. Um, so anyway, I, I put on this Residence album, and I just had it playing while I, w- I was doing something, and it immediately struck me that it sounded like a a soundtrack to the insanity going on in my mind. Mm. It was like it helped me make sense out of the world, and it was a very calming thing for me. So that's that. Wow, <laughs> yeah. I, I like that we made something deep come out of this. That's that's, I don't know. That was nice. You squeeze it enough, and something comes out. Yes. Sometimes. So we've reached the end of the episode. M I C. See you real soon. <laughs> one one episode we can do that. <laughs> not two. Not two. That's not uh, the thing that we're looking for. No. So that was land of the loops. Um. Thank you for coming on that little, uh, I'm going to call that, not quite a detour, but a side trip. Yeah. And dealing with our breaking coronavirus news, Mm. um, which is definitely not going to be breaking by the time this comes out. No, and if we we set this to self-publish, there's a possibility that it'll be robots listening to it because we're all gone. Um, Or we'll, as I've mentioned a couple times on our, our Facebook page, there's nothing better to do if you're in quarantine than uh, sit and binge episodes of Esoteric of the Podcast. Yeah, we've got, what, six hours of content so far? So we'll probably be making some more in the we'll meantime. See. And uh, so in the hopes that at some point these will get out into the wider world, not that we don't love our um, dedicated followers who are listening to us, uh, Alan Sutherland, if you're out there and you should hear about this, uh, I would really like to chat with you about this album mm. and maybe get some um, background into uh, what was going on in your head when you did this, because I think that'd be an interesting story. And you're a local boy, so we could make that happen. Just can't figure out how to get in touch with you. Yeah. Speaking of getting in touch with people, mm. for our next episode on April 1st, mm. we will be reviewing... Cosmic by the band Nervous, um, who is a band that I used to play with when I was in a band, and I have reached out to them and haven't heard back yet. Hopefully, um, there's a potential they could be guests on our show. If not, we'll be reviewing the album like normal and um, doing our thing, so uh, be on the lookout. I'll definitely make an announcement on our social media, exactly what we're going to do when that time comes, so we're not leaving you hanging. Mm. Um yeah, that'd be cool to have an actual in-studio guest uh, yes. if we could. Yeah, so uh, definitely tune in next week to hear Cosmic by the band Nervous. And keep an eye on our website. Esotericofthepodcast.com Where you'll find uh, any and all updates to anything and everything that we're doing. Beautiful. Beautiful. Well, we will see you next week on Esoteric of the Podcast. Stay safe, Esoterics. Esoterics.